You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Hello. Welcome, world. Welcome, Sid Talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to this podcast. Um, hopefully, what we, what we were doing before the After The Show discussion is... Uh, you mean Talk- the before the after the show discussion was? Talking about, um, we've uh, got, finally, I don't know why it took me so long, how many podcasts, 517 podcasts, we finally got some um, pop filter. Were you all just going crazy from all the pop and the peas and the pumpkin pies and the pu-pu-pu-pu-pu-pu's happening at you? Yeah, we got some pop filters for our mics. And, Maybe that's uh, why. Uh, we only have 10 million listeners instead of like 10 million and one. Because all the others are deaf after listening to the <laughs> popping and the riffing. They just don't like it. It's like, ugh, have you listened? Have you, the 10 million people who still listen, ugh. They're so tolerant. They love us so much. They do. They love me and you. 10 million might be an exaggeration. Probably more like 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have more than 10. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, that was our before the after the show discussion. We were just talking about microphones, and um, we bought some. I bought some pop filters, and I also just bought Sidtalk a new stand for her microphone. So, happy Valentine's Day! Is it really for me? Because let's be fair. Well, let's be it's honest. It's your microphone right in front of you. <laughs> it's your podcast. Without this microphone stand, my life is still complete. Happy Valentine's Day! Thanks. That's very, very, very romantic. I still won't be here on Valentine's Day. That's fine. I bought you a pop filter and a microphone stand. That's fine. Not many ladies are that lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it is Saturday, February the tenth. This is after the show. We are a movie podcast. We review movies every week. This week on after the show number five hundred and seventeen, we're looking at the movie Wonder. It's a twenty seventeen movie. Releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, February the 13th. You can pick it up. It's rated PG. It's suitable for all the family, I think. And uh, it's from our friends at Lionsgate who sent us a copy to review. So Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie, Wonder. Um, synopsis. A boy who is not socially acceptable in the appearance department uh, goes off to school. And uh, the people around him, how they are affected, who's affected, and how basically we all impact each other. And by judging each other, without knowing everyone's backstory, which we find out in the movie about a lot of people, we're just a bunch of dickheads. Yes. Um, Sid Talk <laughs> took a family-friendly movie and turned the description into a, a R-rated... <laughs> Thanks, Sid dickheads? Thank you. Dick is just a name. It is, but... um. Yeah. It's, it doesn't go along with this. No. I mean, my brother had a friend whose name was Richard Head. <laughs> now, imagine that in the high school. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's uh, it reminds me of that. What movie is it where they phone the bar up and they, they keep doing Lots that? of them. Yeah. Probably. I think it's Porky's or something like that. Is Dick Head Oh, there? are we referring to Porky's now after like 40 <laughs> freaking years? Oh my God. Maybe 516 is enough uh, podcasts. All right, so uh, the movie Wonder, this is actually, we're in Academy Awards season now, and this is actually up for an Oscar for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. So 
It's our first movie that we've looked at in the Oscar season here. Probably isn't, actually, is it? We watched The Last Jedi. That's up for Oscars. Um, anyway, it's up for an Oscar for the makeup. And there will be spoilers here, I think. This is a, a movie that you really have to talk about some of the spoilers in it to uh, it, for it to be an interesting discussion. You get what I'm saying, Sid Talk? Mm-hmm. So, um, Wonder is based on the New York Times best-selling novel, which is about... It's not a true story, even though it comes across like it could be. I think it's based on the, the truth about people in our society and any culture, but yeah. we're focusing on a, an American family in New York City, um, where when we see anybody that is... Anything different from, I guess, how we, how do we even determine what's quote unquote Somehow normal? we say normal. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is it that, I mean, I don't even know anymore. Because, like, but somehow we identify and we, we, we single out somebody because of something visual that yeah, so- we see. And so I think it's based on the reality of how we all do that. It, it, it does. And it. Um, so this is focused on a young boy. What was the age, Sid Talk? Nine. Age nine, who ha- you know, was born with a disease which makes his face disfigured. Um, it's hard to say, you know, it's not, dis- is it disfigured? Or is it just different? I don't know. Mm, that's a I good question. I don't want to be part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um so, yeah, you can imagine, you know, if you're different in any way, middle school, in this case, is a difficult thing for, if you're different in any way, because some, there's somebody there who's going to pick on that. Correct. If you're the art kid, or if you're the disfigured kid, or if you're the fat kid, or if you're the... Oh, let's be honest, even someone who is, um, like, on the far end of being hyper quote-unquote, attractive. The person who is the most beautiful, the most well-balanced. It singles you out, doesn't it? It singles you out in a way where people relate to you based only on that, not on the basis of who you are or your character, but they see you, treat you different, act different around you, and you're going to get treated like shit when you're on that end of the spe- on either end of the spectrum. It's the people in the middle, the super boring. <laughs> Everything's just... We just... Invisible, because there's nothing that stands out, right? Everybody, as you move to either end of that spectrum, I think, you know, we fall apart. It's probably primal, right? Yeah, Something goes back to, like, you know, if you were in a tribe when you were a cave person a bazillion years ago, and you're protecting your own, and if you see something that is outside of that, is it a threat? You know, most likely is a threat. If not, then you have to see it as a threat. I don't know. So this movie follows young guy. Get a little sciency on you. Yeah, follows Oggy, our young guy, uh, and it basically follows him through middle school, right? For well, through a year of middle school, not through middle school, just through one of the years. And uh, I thought the movie did a really good job, even though if I have to, I'll say my negative thing first because I love this movie. Actually, it made me feel really good and very sad at some points. So is that good? That's a good movie, right? Oh my god, yeah. I actually felt some stuff from it. You only felt sad sometimes? I, yeah, I, I know you were sad because I heard some uh, sadness coming from your It's room. not just, it's not like, 
purely sadness. It's like an overwhelming disappointment in the, the that's the truth, you know, and yeah. this feeling of like, it's, you know, there is no reason to exclude or treat someone differently based on what they look like. There is no, re- no logical reason. I mean, if you're looking at them and they have a knife in their hand and they're coming running at you, then yes, that appearance and that particular thing that you're seeing is different than you just look at someone and they're blonde, so they're dumb. They're short, so they're worthless. They're fat, so they're lazy. They're beautiful, so they're dumb. They're, they've got something that's, you know, they're scarred up or they're missing a limb and so something's just wrong with them. And you, that's it. Like, it's just overwhelming disappointment that we have, that that's not an automatic thing that we now just don't, it doesn't register with us anymore. You know, it's just sad. And then if you're a child, you have, no control like no oh yes it teaches a child to learn um about how to be tough and how to cope with things that's fair you know you could say well everything that's the way it goes but it's just overwhelming disappointment that that's even a thing for us anymore for me so my uh negative which i was about to say is it's all done in the very saccharine movie Style. I knew you would say saccharine at least once. And I, I agree. There's no realism in in a sense. It's more. God, that town, the way they decorated up for Halloween. I was like, really? Does yeah. Any, it reminded me of Hocus Pocus because yeah. it's like this hyper Disney and so perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's a very Hollywoody type of movie, you know. Perfect. I mean, yes, Augie himself. It has this terrible thing that's you know. It's not a terrible thing, really. It's like they wanted to wrap that in a pretty package. In a pretty package, yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, everybody's, you know, mum and dad are very attractive. And it's all very, teachers are very attractive. Um, Everything's, even the bullies don't go too far with the bullying. You know, it's not a gritty thing at all. There's no grit. Like something like, um, (laughs) I was thinking of the opposite movie where I felt like, oh, this is like how it feels to be in school. Um, and that was uh, Oscar winner from last year. What? Remember the Oscar winner from last year? Uh, which one? <laughs> Not La La Land. <laughs> the real one? <laughs> yeah. Moonlight. Moonlight. You know, the, the sequence, in the whole, there's a piece of in Moonlight where he's in high school. Yeah. And it feels like scary high school like it really feels gritty and horrible true uh, this is like the Hollywood Disney version of that that's how it felt to me and that that part I had to keep overlooking because I was like well is that doing service to this story like making it so wonderful and kind of beautiful and or should it be a bit more grimy you know but there again the grimy version of this would be a different film wouldn't it completely this is going for that family-friendly message kind of movie, which is what it does well. And you don't want to distract from the the point, which no. is that here's a human being who, in spite of being wrapped in a loving family and good surrounding and good resources, obviously he's had many surgeries, his family's well off, in spite of all that, and the nice school and a nice sister, that the world injects its ugliness onto you or projects it or however you want to put it 
And so if you focus on just that, you're not distracted by, say you've got a dysfunctional family. In this, yeah, we've got the sister being feeling left out, but I think that's just to balance out the, the yeah. family. But when you think of one of my recommendations, and I'll go ahead and say it, it's Mask with Cher from a long time ago. You've got like a mother who's sort of rough and rud, you know, biker and r- surrounded by biker people and alcohol and sort of a rougher life. There's... There's a uh, there's more to focus on there than just him being, um, you know, having to work himself into the world. You're yeah. actually balanced. You're trying to focus on all the different things. This it's like okay, we get it. Everything around is nice and pretty, and now we can just focus on how shitty we all are. <laughs> yeah. Now, and what I really liked about this film is the structure of the film, which doesn't. It's not apparent at the beginning the structure of it fully until. A moment. It, it's told from Oggy's perspective for the first, I'd say, thirty minutes or so, and then you kind of it goes to other people's perspectives of this. So it, 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 there's a portion where his sister tells the story, there's a portion where his a sister's friend tells the story, there's a portion where his friend at school does, and it you see it unwind from different angles. It's not like Groundhog Day replaying the same day. But it kind of it time it the time goes over each other a few times. Yeah, I don't think that that tool was used to the best. I mean, it's not really necessary to start that day, and they only did it twice, three times maybe. Yeah. We didn't even start the same day two or three times. No, so it was but a bit we, muddied. Yeah. So I think if you just picked up the day from different people telling you about where they're at. That would have been fine, too. But this way, it was like, okay, are we going to get in a pattern and start this day ten times? No, we're not doing that. Are we going to go backwards in time a little bit and figure out who, why some... Okay, we're not going to do that multiple times. So I think they should have just been like, here's this part of the day from Augie. Here's this part of the day from Via. Here's this next day from... You know, like that. I think they got a little... They overthought it a little bit. But uh, I liked how it unfolded and uh, what it... And it even did it to me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a human being and I understand uh, <laughs> I'm watching this movie You're human and, I, and I'm making snap decisions on people. And I really, yeah. I really am just as a human nature thing. I'm like, okay, I get that character. I've watched enough movies too. So, okay, that character's that. Oh yeah, I don't like that. Oh, there's the bully. I don't really like that. And then... He needs his comeuppance. The, yeah, and I'm like, you know, other movies would do that. But this movie shows that behind every person, and we all know this, we just kind of forget it, I guess, a lot of the time, that even the most horrible person, they got like that somehow, or something is sending them off trajectory of being nice to people. Or And even the bully in this movie, there's a moment where you see the bully's face, and the bully is very sorry for what he did. Mm-hmm. And you also see his parents who are... But the, our problem is, you resist it. You don't want the bully to be reformed, do you? Like no, there's, but a, you, there's a little bit of you. It's like no, 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 no. He has to be. He needs to punished. be crushed, and yeah. he has to never really understand because we just want him to be. We want him to be the supposit the suppository the de- <laughs> <laughs> the place we deposit all of our anger. And if we turn him into a human, who are we gonna be mad at? Oh wait, maybe we should be mad at ourselves. It's very you know we want that yeah we want the bad guy or the villain. To just be the bad guy, I think, a lot of times. And this movie does shed that, it does do that, and it did it to me on several occasions. I was like, okay, I'd put that person. But then I was like, uh, you know, you, you know, you look at somebody and you don't like them for some reason. There's something you don't like, 
But you don't know their story. You don't know why they are like they are, or you don't actually know them. They might not be like what you see on the outside once you get to speak to them. Because like Augie in this movie, people, all these kids, cruel kids, who just have this, oh, he's he's got a disease, I'm going to catch the disease if I touch him, or I don't want to look at him. And eventually the kids that do wise up are like, no, Augie's an awesome guy. Like, I just want to be his friend. Like, yeah. as I, I see past all that now. Unfortunately, in real life, some people never see past things, do they? Ever. Like, some people can't ever see past somebody being gay. Like, they couldn't be friends with that gay person because... That thing is that the brick wall. Between, is the wall, yeah. yeah. And it will never... You know, in real life, some people will never go past that wall. That's it. Like, you were talking about your father the other day. Yep. But, for him, thankfully, I think... I mean, it doesn't matter now because he died, but... In the very, literally, the last day, there was this, like, oh. How old was he? 77. Right. So there's this, like, conversation where I said, why can't you just accept that some people love you? Because he thought he was completely unloved his whole life. Like, that was, that's true. That's not, it wasn't bullshit. It wasn't put on. It was, that's how he saw the world. No one would love him. He's a piece of shit. He's worthless, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't put on because he stayed alone for the last 20 years, pretty much. Um, isolating himself. You know, it wasn't a put on. It was real. And that's how it led him to a lot of the way that he was. Not an excuse. But it's a, it's a, it's a road to a behavior, isn't it? Yeah. And in the very last day, before he died that night, I said, just accept that some people just love you. Just, I don't, I mean, I said, it might not be me. <laughs> And we could joke about it that he wasn't, we didn't have a great relationship. I said, I might not be the one, but some people like your sister, they just love you. They care what happens to you. And he was like, and, and before that, he would always be like, ah, rah, rah, god damn it, blah, blah, blah. I ain't worth nothing, you know, that kind of thing. And then he just, he kind of like, well, maybe you're right. And I was like, wow, we're making progress. And yeah. He died. So. But yes, there is a thing where, and even then, and I'll be honest. Letting go of my perception of him as the bad guy, the villain, was difficult. That's what I'm saying. Because he's the place I can put it all. And we're programmed in some kind of way to go, well, that person bullied that thing, or that person did a sexual assault, or whatever they did, and we can never, like, let them off. Like, You're not I've, saying to let off people with a sexual assault. Is that example? I'm, no, but whatever it is, like... A, they okay, getting the uh, correct no, punishment actually, for a no, crime no, no. or some sort of thing in in your society has to be there. However, as a human being, you can say, okay, you're being properly punished, and you are a human being, and that's just the way it is. I get it, but you're you're bad, and you did something horrible, and now you're being punished. Not like, oh, we feel bad because you had a bad childhood. No, regardless of how many people you raped and murdered. We're going to let you off because we feel yeah. bad for you. Well, Not what, bad. I, what I'm getting at is like when I actually said that about sexual assault, it's like somebody will do a sexual assault at some point and then it gets out publicly and then that person is, you know, ousted from society. People are like, oh, I can't ever like associate with that person. But that is also a person too who might be very sorry about all that stuff and then actually be punished. And then when they actually finally get through all that, still people will hold it, right? 
Yeah, we I'm not can't. sure that I don't agree with that on some levels for some things, though. So, you know, maybe I'm just thoroughly brainwashed. <laughs> it depends on the thing. So back to uh, Wonder, yeah. So this is uh, what this movie did really well, I thought, was Augie's uh, first day at his middle school. Walking, you know, he obviously looks very different to all the other children. And his narration over the top was awesome, where he was saying... What I normally do is look down when I'm walking through a crowd because then I don't have to make eye contact because everybody's actually looking at me, right? And they're all thinking, what's wrong with him? Like, Yeah. And and that is not wrong. That is what people are thinking. Also, when he, get, when he first gets into the school, the headmaster arranges for him to have three kids walk him around the school and show him around the school. And when he does his narration over the top there and says, it's different with kids, like adults generally know how to fake how to fake it better yeah their look they look at your adults and they can fake like the look of disgust or whatever it is that they've got <laughs> but kids can't really fake it so well so he, he says it's even worse meeting kids so he meets these three kids and you see these three kids they look at him and look down on the floor or just really stare and how must that feel all the time like you know so I think it did all that really well also, one of the kids was almost immediately a jerk. But um, Augie had one thing on his side there from everything. He's a lot more intelligent than the other kids, wasn't he? Yes. So he kind of used that as his weapon a little bit <laughs> to kick back at them. But subtly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really liked that. I really liked um, the sister's story and the, the story of, you know, the the sister... And grandma's story. It's only yeah. small, but that actually means a lot, I think, to people. I, I think agree. a lot of people. Because in this family, Augie's, a, you know, the special child in the family. And they all really try and wrap him in cotton wool. And the sister kind of gets ignored a little bit because of that. And But grandma sees that. And she's always been the one who's, you're my favorite. But don't like, forget, grandma's gone. Yeah, but Grandma's gone. But, I mean, there is a scene where she interacts with Grandma. And that really made... I thought that was a, one of the most touching parts of the whole movie for me. Because I was like, surely most families have that. You're oh, sure. my favourite. Sure. That kid gets a lot of attention, so I focus mine on the other kid. or you know. But Mum and Dad are too involved in it to actually see, really. Mum and Dad don't realise that they're... See, Dad's awesome, isn't he? Comes in a room... Asks all the right questions, but he's still not really connected fully, is he, with her? Because Augie's like... Yeah, but the thing about that particular thing and the poor, poor older sister feeling left out, I don't have a lot of sympathy because it's the way every family is anyway. And so that, I understand it on one level, but I have particular family members, and I was just talking to my niece the other day, who has that exact feeling about all of life... No one's ever cared. No one's ever paid attention to me. She's over 30 fucking years old. And I just want to be like, just grow up. Like, of course no one cares about you. Not in life. You have to get over it. And you're not special. No one really is. I mean, if you need special medical care like this kid did, he's going to get more attention. And if you feel left out in life, you're not. It's just the way it is. <laughs> and I, I have a hard time with that particular, because we don't see these parents as truly neglectful in any way. This girl has a fantastic They're home. the best parents ever. She's got a fantastic house, a room. She's got all the gadgets, all the stuff. And I realize that's not 
compensation for feeling emotionally left out. But they're painting her as the personality type of being like, well, he's the most important and I'm just nothing. And I just have no, I don't have a lot of sympathy for that, I'm afraid. But she, so does, she does understand the Augie. She's thing. good because they've written her in a way that's like she's not fully, it's not like she goes out and does heroin and has a baby and when she's 15, right? As a result of her terrible feeling neglected by her family and all that shit. But just introducing that, she does overcome it. Again, kind of rosy dozy. It's all everything. very tied up in yeah. a nice little bow, the whole thing, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. It is, you know. But as far as, like, like we just go back to the movie Moonlight. There's a movie that makes you feel something, right? You, you're, you're emotionally ruined at the end of that movie, aren't you, in a way. <laughs> yes. Like, you feel like you went through a ringer. Magnolia is another one. True, true. Um, but they're on the dark side of things, and this is on the very bright side of things, um, and it gives you that uplifting kind of feeling, I think. Because I definitely felt real... I felt... I liked Toggy almost immediately. I was on his side and I was like, fuck these other kids. They're assholes. Like, shut... Just... I'll shut up and leave him alone. (laughs) Like, I'm always on that side. Like, I I love the underdog, as they would say. Um, There's also a dog story in this movie. Yep. Which I knew you wouldn't connect with you in what's in whatsoever. But. Well, I, no, that's not fair because I do understand <laughs> a certain. I mean, I'm not an animal person, so yeah, I'm not in my life. I don't identify with having a family member who's a pet or a companion animal. However, I understand in this context how yeah. something that has threaded through their lives as a family has stayed the same, and when that's you know one steady thing. Because you probably never knew when Augie was going to need to go to the hospital. And the relationship between the parents probably was tested many times. But the dog was always there. Yeah, and this movie never gets into, like, Augie having to go to hospital or him no. in the hospital. It just, he narrates over the top. And it's quite clear. He says, like, I've been in hospital a lot. He's kind of like, not that he's over all that, but we have no even hints that it's like he's had all the surgeries They've done what they need to do now, probably as he grows as a teenager, which they don't ever address. He'll need more surgery or whatever. But at this point, it's like, we're done with all that. It's time to put him in the world. But as uh, far as a movie um, goes that might will make... It's a good movie to show to some young people, I think. Um, everybody, I think anybody, if you're human, can identify with something in this movie. If but- you're human. Yeah, there's something in this movie to identify with or feel good about or feel like that is wrong. I need to be better if I'm doing it or I need to stop other people from doing it. Bullying, for instance. But it's not just a a movie about bullying. It's a movie about how we judge things, how we, you know, why can't we change? Why, Why do we have to see things in this weird black and white way. Like, yeah, what is it? What purpose does it serve to have a group of people turn around, look at another human who has something they can all go <gasps> about and then, and then reject them or accept them one or the other. It could be both. Like why, what is the benefit of that? Like biologically, <laughs> genetically, 
economically? What is what is the benefit? Why do, why is it so built in? I think it just makes you feel powerful and like a big person to be able to have somebody to always kick around or to always put down. And when other people accept that, then you're in this group over here where you're elevated above this person over there and they're not a person anymore. They're a kicking post and right. it makes you feel better about yourself, which is effed up. But I think there's there's something about that because it doesn't serve a purpose. Um, Just like everything where you're judging a person based on an appearance, it doesn't. What is the what is the actual purpose of that? Like judging me by my clothing, what does that tell you? You have no idea. Who I, I am. mean, it, and it, what difference does it make to you? Like, what what difference does it make if I see a person? If I'm that type of person in the street who looks a certain way and I don't like that look, what has that got to do with me and how <laughs> does it affect me? It, it, yeah, exactly. Just because like I look at them and go, ooh, I don't really like that. Like, is that it? Yeah, does it make you uncomfortable? Does it make you afraid? Does it make you feel threatened? Is that what it is? But if that's the truth, then we would all still be in our tiny little um, groups and never had built big cities or anything. We overcome that. I still think it's something where you need to feel kind of like powerful on some level and I don't like it. So this movie is, it will make you feel something for sure. It's, you, you you know, you might be on the edge of tears at some points. <laughs> on the edge? My eyes are all poofy because they just rang the And you time. might be really angry at some parts. Like just angry at like how people are, you know, like it, it brings it into focus. It oh, yeah. does. There's a lot of assholes in the world, and there are a lot of also a lot of really nice people, like the teacher, for instance. Yep, we didn't and see the principal. Much, yeah, the principal, and the, we didn't see much about the the science teacher lady. I mean, she didn't really come into play much. But, but here's the thing: it may not just make you realize that people are assholes, but that you might be. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's the part that makes you go because oh, you will make some. Wanna. I never judged Oggy because I don't. I'm not that type of person. But I was interested in the first thing that came to my mind when he was stepping into the school, uh, into the whatever you call it, the playground, the where you go in. I was like, I can hundred percent say exactly what all these kids are going to do. Like, like I know, like I could imagine. If it was me with that thing and I was walking through it, every single one of them will stare at me. And and Oggy's just a little guy. He's just a person. He's got, like, feelings. <laughs> but at this point, he has got to the point where he understands they're all going to stare at him. And he just... It has this. The movie also has this thing where he wants to go to space. So he imagines a lot that he's in this... He, he actually wears a space helmet sometimes but uh, he imagines sometimes in the movie that he's somewhere yeah. else and he, he he's wearing a spacesuit and all the people are loving him as he's walking through and it's really actually horrible so he's trying to cope Chewbacca makes an appearance a couple of times <laughs> yeah. from Star Wars it mixes up the the child's fantasy thing with yeah. you know because it's a coping thing we all do it if anybody ever says to you they could be a 60 year old person oh I've never sat and fantasized or daydreamed about anything or, you know, pretended I was in a different situation in a movie or whatever. I think they're full of shit. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all have really bad times. We also have really boring times in life when you are literally sitting for hours waiting for something to happen. 
and your mind is your only escape. We all do it. So this was, and it balanced it just right. It wasn't like overly kind of like dreamy, like um, what was the one with um, Jesse? That kind of mixed up the dream with the... Jesse? Jesse from... Uh, Breaking Bad? Yeah. You know, the kid. Yes. That one. It mixed up a lot of sort of like, and also um, the Bridge to Terabithia, you know, that kind of thing where it mixes a lot of fantasy with what you think is reality. This doesn't do that. It's just plunked right in, like there's Chewbacca just in the group. Yeah. (laughs) Like without really, there's no like fantasy around it too much. It, It was just right, I thought. Um, so moving on to the cast here, Jacob Tremblay, who we actually saw in an awesome performance a couple of years ago in the movie The Room, not not The Room with Tommy Wiseau, The Room with, um, what's she called? Isn't it just Room? Oh, it's just Room, yes. Yeah. Not The Room, Room. Yeah. Um, and we saw him as a, it was fantastic performance from him in that movie. And uh, he plays Oggy in this movie. Now, this movie is up for the Oscar for the makeup of Oggy and... The makeup's fantastic, I have to say. I know I stopped thinking about how he looked actually, so maybe I'm a good person. <laughs> well, congratulations! But the makeup is fantastic, and there is an extra on the Blu-ray which explains the makeup, and it is quite an ordeal for a young kid to have that kind of makeup on. But he didn't seem to care, really, did he? He seemed like a trooper. Yeah, because um, it's full. You know, his whole skull is covered in makeup. Like there's. You know, prosthetics as well, not just makeup. Rubber pieces and a skull cap kind of thing and a wig. But still, I never thought about it. That was Oggy to me, like how he looks. And give that guy an Oscar, I say, for that. Because that is some awesome makeup. But Jacob Tremblay, again, how good was his performance? What did you think? Oh, that was really good because it, it he could do his little shoulders in just the right way and walk in just the right way and, and his... Mood when he was trying to be funny was his body language. Everything was different. And even though, any, I mean, it, the prosthetics let his eyes and his face kind of move a little. But if you've ever had any surgery, I've only had some one stupid surgery. I mean, I've had several, but one on my foot where it literally cut open, slice on the side of my foot, fix some stuff. That side of my foot has this kind of weird, smooth numbness still after how many years? So imagine your face being surgeried up for year after year when you're growing. I can see why it's kind of, the skin's kind of like tight and round, you know. So that hides a lot of what he could do. But instead, he does the tilt of his head and his little neck kind of goes up and he does his hands just right. And I think he needs some sort of acknowledgement, personally. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not up for anything here, but. I'm, I, I would have put him up for something because he is really good in it. Owen Wilson, who I don't feel like we've seen for a while, plays Nate. I, I really like Owen Wilson. There's something very likable about him, don't you think? Yes. And he plays this father really well. There's some of the scenes between the father and Oggie. And even the scene where I said where he goes and speaks to the door, just opens the door and you get everything about that father. He loves them really a lot. And he really... But he protects Oggy like he he can't. <laughs> he wants him to do well. That time where Oggy's had a fight and he's kind of like whispering to him. Yes, you know? it's a good father kind of thing. There is no. It's very generic though. We don't know what the father does. We don't, we don't know anything about him. That was one of the problems. Um, 
because we see this movie like through different people's eyes, we don't really see it through the parents' eyes properly. Apart from when they have the play at the end, there's a high school play. Oh, the movie I was thinking of for my recommendations was Jersey Girl because it ends with a high school play. Mm. And it's like a really touching moment, remember? The cats. Yeah, the cats. But um, in this movie, another movie that ends in a high school play, and there you see the parents' story there where they're watching the daughter perform and it all goes through the minds of like how awesome our kids are. Yeah. You know? So I felt the parents' story in that just moment where Julia Roberts took Owen Wilson's glasses and she's looking and she's like, our Look kids are awesome. Look how awesome she is, yeah. Our, you know, all, both of them, they're awesome. Like, So we do see through the parents' eyes, but I, yeah, we don't know what that father is, do we? Nope. I just assumed he was an advertising executive. Somehow he makes a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, he does. It's just sort of implied. And the way yeah. he, he dresses in a suit but wears sneakers. So I was like, is he one of those like advertising men? And don't were- get me started on Julia's outfits. I said they over-homeschooled her in the beginning. Because- well, let's get on to Julia. Okay. There's a lady called Julia Roberts. You might have heard <laughs> of her. Another, I don't feel like we've seen Julia Roberts for a while either. But she crops up here playing Isabel, the mother. Probably some Ocean movie last time. She's actually, yeah, the new Ocean's movie that's come in. She's probably in that, I would imagine. So what do you think of her, Julia Roberts? I thought she was really good. Aside from her outfits. Yeah, the outfits, out of her control possibly. But yeah, they tried to overthink that as well. Like, oh, well, she's homeschooling him. So we're going to put her in like a little house on the prairie dress with her hair all wadded up. Like as if that was her plan her whole life. If she had been a homeschool mom... Um, with the, if they want to portray this particular homeschool mom as the homeschool mom, right? Who stays home, makes her own clothes, cooks all the food, has that kind of home. Then her daughter would also be homeschooled and she's not, but they dressed her that way. And they're also very rich. And then as the movie progresses, her hair comes down a little bit more and a little bit more and her clothes get a little bit looser and more colorful. And I thought that's just too overt for me. Because by the end of it, her hair's all flowy and she's wearing these gowny things, you know, like, and then she's colorful again. Whereas, and true, her character would have been really stressed out in the beginning after nine years of dealing with this, you know, and sick child. And now, but I thought that was a little bit overdoing it. It wasn't lost on me and I don't like to notice these things. I want it to just fold into the story. But what about Julia Roberts in general as the mother? I said she was really good. Yeah, I I liked her too. Um, I thought she was really good because there are moments when, just like when she just points at the daughter and she's got that look like, I've seen that look on my mother's face where she just thinks, you are so awesome. The moment where How I... How did I ever make such a wonderful child? I felt, yes, my um, mother looks at me like that sometimes. <laughs> the moment where I felt she did really well was um, where she's having the day in with a daughter and she's trying to commit some time to be with her daughter because she's been spending so much time with Oggy. Mm. And then Oggy's principal phones and he says, like, you know, Oggy's thrown up at school and she's immediately out of there. Yeah. And that whole interaction there felt really real, you know, like, oh, I'm just having a day with my daughter. Oh, my daughter doesn't matter anymore. I've got to go and rest. But also you get the feeling that Oggy was actually really on her mind. Yeah. Because it was so immediate. Uh, because she had to actually make a physical decision to spend some time with her daughter because the day before she saw something. Oh, she's like, oh, 
She, her daughter says, I went to Coney Island today. And Coney Island's the place where her grandma, where she spent time with her grandma. So the mother immediately is like, oh, she must be sad, like thinking about grandma. I'll spend some time with her tomorrow. Because I suck. <laughs> yeah, because I suck. And so she like had to make this decision to spend time with her. So, yeah, I think Julia Roberts was really good in this. Um, again, I wish I knew more about the parents. All we know is that Augie goes back to school and she carries on writing a thesis. Correct. And dad works somewhere. Yeah. And obviously has a lot of money. <laughs> it's very generic. <laughs> dad works, yeah. mom stays home. Exactly. Um, the daughter's played by Isabella Vidovic. She plays Via. And we did see her just recently. Uh, Sid Talk and I watched the, sh- the show on TV on a... What is it on? CW? CW, no. Yes, CW. Called Supergirl, Supergirl yes. A little um, show called Supergirl. And we, I really love Supergirl. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. It's very uh, family friendly, but it's always very fun. And uh, they had an episode this season where it was young Supergirl while she was at high school. And this girl, Isabella, played young Supergirl. So we had seen her just recently. And she was really good in that episode. In fact, I love that episode. I'd like to see another one like that. You know, mm-hmm. it was really good. So what did you think of her as Via? She was good. She did. She really reminded me of my niece who has that sort of complex of, oh, poor me. Nobody um, pays attention to me. And she did that really well. So yeah. She did a teenage girl very well. Not all teenage girls are like that. No, not all of them. All right. Unfair stereotype that you just did. Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> Like Who Miss- you always say, Who's that? And I'm like, Are you kidding? I me? always think he's that other guy. Mandy Patinkin. He is the guy. I am somebody down Montano, and I and you my I father. always think, you know, the pie fucker's dad. I always think it's him. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Talk about me taking it to a grown up level. You know what I'm saying? Yeesh. No. American Pie. Oh no, that's Gene something. Yeah, that's who I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. That is not Mandy Patinkin. He plays Mr. Tushman, the uh, principal. And um, he, he quickly says, okay, yeah, I'm called Mr. Tushman. I've heard every single joke about that. So let's get it over with. And it's real fun, that scene. What did you think of uh, him? Did you like him? Do you, I was do you convinced like that he'd been a principal for many years and that he doesn't like people picking on people and he's just tired of it and he's sort of intellectual guy and he wants to teach people. But from a distance, he's not harsh. Even the bully situation with, oh my God, those parents coming in. The bully's parents are atrocious. And he's just like, look at his parents. I think his thinking is, you're hopeless. This child, I need to teach a lesson. But by you two exposing who you really are. Because you two are, are the problem. Him. Yeah. You two are him, uh, but adult versions of him. You're bully, bully adults. Um. Yeah, and there, there, it's a bit over the top for me, that scene. But I can see what they were trying to get at. But I'm sure there probably are people like that. Surely not that bad, right? Oh, I bet there are. I mean, let's just, should we give it away, that segment? It's a spoiler, right? I'm going to give you a big spoiler. The bully's parents come in because the bully has posted a, taped up a photograph. The, the class photograph had our little leading young man in it, right? This photo has him photoshopped out 
And then it says like turn on the back. It says something like uh, "Go home and die" or something, and it says "No freaks allowed" on the front. So of course the principal, the teachers, they find out. They bring in the parents of the bully and say, "Your son did this," and the mother goes, "He didn't do it. I did it." Because if I have that in my house, I don't want my friends coming over and ask me about their that child. I want them to ask me about my child. Correct. And you're like, you're, my mind was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then I was like, that sounds so real. Yeah. Not surreal. Like, it can't possibly be real, but so fucking real that a, a, somebody would be that superficial and horrible that they would Photoshop a child out of a picture. But then I started thinking, I bet there are people... Mm, just people in general who will look at photos of their kids with other kids like cheerleading or playing sports. And they're like, oh, that girl's really fat. Oh, did she have to be in the picture? She ruins the whole picture. I'm absolutely I, I can't, sure that Oh, yeah. Happening. And then you're just like, oh, my God, we're terrible. We're hopeless. <laughs> so this is directed by Stephen Chabosky. He actually directed the movie The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which is another um, kind of young adult movie. Uh, taken from a novel. Um, and that's it, really. But uh, what did you think of him as a director? That was done really well. Because it doesn't need to be anything, like, um, special. It's very straight. Oh. Very straightforward. Yeah. It's yeah. N- they're not trying to be clever with any shots. It's not... It doesn't look bad, though. I mean, it doesn't... It looks good. But nothing's trying to be clever. There's no artistry kind of, like... Let's make that shot fancy with the light coming through the thing. You know, it's none of that, right? It just looks like an American family. And the school looks like a real school. Nothing's trying to be fancy. No, Which exactly. is fine for this story, I think. I think that's how it should yeah. be. It's like a movie of the week almost kind of thing where you see a TV movie. Well, better than that. Better quality, better sets. But then that set with the kids at Halloween, I was like, that's such a like weird... Yeah, that was pretty bad. It's like a fantasy Halloween, but it was supposed to be the real Halloween. Yeah. Okay, just on, as a side note, I was looking at my quote from Mandy Patinkin from Princess Bride, which I happen to love. So I'm sorry that I forgot it, but it's, hello, my name is Intenio Montagna. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And he says that to everybody when he thinks that they're the person who yeah, killed he does his father. It. But then I found this site called Schmoop. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. It's on schmoop.com. I'm not promoting it because it's kind of weird. And at the bottom, it says the pretentious factor of this quote which I don't find pretentious at all, is a 9 out of 10. Who really? the hell decided that? If I were to say that at a party, you will not think I'm pretentious. You'll think I'm clever because you're going to be like, what's that from? How can it be pretentious if nobody knows what I'm talking about? Well, The Princess Bride is a really very popular film. Surely a lot of people know that quote. Mm. It's not really pretentious. I know. Who are these people? Who uh, are they to decide? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's very strange. All right, so this Blu-ray, Wonder, comes with a bunch of extras. It actually comes with a documentary called A Compassion Project, split into like a few different sections. It's about an hour long. There's also um, We All Deserve a Standing Ovation, at least once in our lives, A Child's Sense of Wonder, What a Wonderful World. There's the music video. There's actually some cool songs in this movie. Um, they're all the kind of songs that tug at your heartstrings, including the one by uh, Jack White. The uh, Books and Pens one, which always reminds me of school every time I hear it. Uh, you know that song, Ace. Uh, which one? The one by Jack White, Books and Pens. No. 
books and pens and oh is that what it's called yeah i know it i didn't know what it was called yeah that song is in this movie um twice actually there's a cover version of it uh you can also uh see a behind the scenes featurette and some trailers uh yeah it's according to the front cover of this uh, movie it says over three hours of special features now partially that will be the commentary which lasts two hours so i would say an hour of special features Pretty decent. They're all pretty well done. So, in conclusion, on Wonder, our first Oscar movie for this year, Sitok, what's your conclusion? It was good. <laughs> I Very cried. Good. I cried. I laughed. I felt good about, uh, strangely, a little bit good about humanity because Summer was awesome. We didn't talk about Summer and she was really good and so was Jack. Those little performers were excellent. Um... The two friends who become his actual friends. Yeah. Um, Summer was awesome. And it makes you go, oh, humans are good. And then you go, oh, humans are terrible. Yeah. I had it all. So I think that's pretty good. And, and I wouldn't want it to be rough and rugged. I mean, if we're going to do that, we can make a whole different kind no. of movie. If this is a movie too. that's suitable for all the family. Um, it will. It has some lessons to teach. And it hopefully, you know, maybe... You show it with you watch it with your kids, and maybe your kids become better people because of it. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe your kids are fine anyway, and uh, or maybe they're just horrible. <laughs> so, uh, thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. Uh, next week we will be reviewing our second Oscar. <clears throat> this is an actual nominated for Best Picture, and that's Darkest Hour. We'll be looking at that next week. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. You can enter one. So, movie recommendations based on Wonder. I am going with last year's DC movie, Wonder Woman. And you can see with the link there. And You get um, that word, Wonder? <laughs> yeah. I just really liked Wonder Woman. It's been my favorite in the DC movies so far. And uh, my other movie I want to recommend is Boyhood by Richard Linklater, which also did a very good job of showing you what it's like to grow up and how cruel sometimes things are and how wonderful things can be sometimes, or how terrible they can be. <laughs> it had everything in that movie. So Boyhood uh, and Wonder Woman. And yours are? Mine are, and you're not going to be surprised, but I'm going to bring one back from last week, which I've already mentioned, The Princess Bride, because Mandy Patinkin. So there you go. And uh, Mask, which I also mentioned. Not Mask with Jim Carrey. Uh, no, Mask with Cher. Right. And... Um, Oh my god, what's his name? You know who it is. Um, Eric Stoltz. Yes, Eric Stoltz. And, you know, this guy who talks like this and everybody thinks he's really handsome and I think he's gross. He was in Lebowski. No. Sam something, maybe. Rockwell? Uh, no, it's not Sam Rockwell. I don't know. He's got a big bushy mustache and gray hair and women think he's sexy and I makes him a vomit. Don't know his name. Oh, that guy. That one. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that, 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 that one. Guy, so, Games and Ace Gully stuff um, continuing on our X Files. Uh, we've been watching the X Files every week as it airs. And this week's episode entitled Kitten. What did you think of Kitten? Uh, yeah, better. It's getting better. It is. Yeah. This, this week's episode was uh, Skinner, their boss. Um, has never really had an episode of his own. And this, while not fully an episode all about him, 
it featured him quite a bit and it was about his past even. Um, I liked it. I liked it quite a lot. I don't think uh, the special guest star in this episode, which brought me back to old X-Files where they used to bring in a famous face every now and then, was uh, the kid from The Sixth Sense. Mm. He isn't a kid anymore, though. He's a, he's a, a man. That's what happens. <laughs> when you're a kid, you're a kid, yes. and then years go by, and then you're a man. Correct. It happens all the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was in there. What's his name? Uh, Oz. Oz? Oh. <laughs> Haley Joel Osmond. That's it. Yeah, See? He, There's an Oz in there. He was in there. He's not a great actor, I've no. got to say. I unfortunately he was not. I actually think the guy who plays Skinner is actually really good. <laughs> well, he's got that X Files vibe. It's not he great. Has, but it's I, not I like, great. I always am compelled by him, but this guy I wasn't fully You're compelled. You're compelled because you love Skinner, not because he's a good actor. I did like to. I did like that we got to see young Skinner at the beginning of this uh, episode. It was actually, but it is getting better, right? Every week, absolutely. It seems to. I mean, you couldn't have gotten much worse than that first one. I would have given up. To no. be honest, I would have been like, screw this. These people, Nick, whatever his name is, Carter, it's just... Yeah. Ugh. I'm going to watch all the old ones and I'll be done with it. But No, it has been getting better. It's got more of a sense of humor. It's not taking itself too seriously every week. And fun, last week, when it was the William episode, which I thought, oh my God, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? Actually, was all right. So, I don't know. It's actually getting better. It'll It'll reach its peak and then it'll end. You know what I mean? When we get into the end. It's taking a break now for four weeks, so we won't be able to talk about it until it comes back. Uh, I also put down on Games and A Scully stuff, Sid Talk got a camera. So talk Sid about Talk your camera. got a camera? Yeah. I did. Funny enough, at this very moment, I'm in The Sims as myself. I always make myself, and I'm taking pictures with the camera that I bought in the game, which is like reality twisted with... Fake reality. Yes, I bought a new camera because in September, my best friend's daughter is getting married. She asked me to take her wedding pictures, which at the moment I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because everybody knows I love to take pictures. Now, taking pictures in life and taking someone's wedding pictures after about, I don't even know if it was a a millionth of a second that it took me to go, shit, (laughs) someone's wedding Pictures. We're not talking about, hey, can you come and take some pictures at the wedding? Yeah, we're not talking about snapshots. He's talking about snapshots and... Professional looking photos. The stuff. The yeah. thing. The bride and the groom. The parents. The group. The whole bit. The cake. The rings. Correct. Those things I think I... No problem. Now, because I've done art stuff most... All of my life since I could remember. Now, I'm not saying I'm not a professional artist or anything, but I think having soaked up all of those concepts... Composition and line and shape and depth of field as far as like building a picture that's two-dimensional with a three-dimensional world. All that stuff, right? I got all that. It's just in me now. It's not like a... It's an automatic thing. So that I think is a benefit. Because now the technical side of taking a good portrait picture of someone isn't just standing in front of them with a camera and taking a nice picture of them. There's other things involved because the expectation is a little different. The lighting... Which sounds really boring. I've always thought it was really boring to photographers and filmmakers to say, we're losing the light. We've got to set up the lights. It took three hours to do the lighting. And now I understand. Just <laughs> for all those people. I get it because I did a little test on myself. I bought this camera. It is, I'm not advertising. I'm just going to say it's a Nikon D3400. 
And I love it. To me, it's super fancy. It costs a lot of money. It's a DSLR camera. Yeah. And essentially, it would have been two of my car payments. And luckily, two months ago, my car was paid off. Therefore, I justify this expense <laughs> by saying, well, it would have just been two, two months worth of car payments, which is a lot. And it's not just for the wedding that's going to get me there, but it's also like I should have been learning this stuff because I love taking pictures, right? So, and the little test I did, I just put two lights up because you had photography lights for many years ago that you took product photos I did, yeah. many years ago. Got those out. So I've got those. Learning about diffusing the light. And if you take a picture of a person against a white background, you put one light here, one light here, one light here. And I did a little test just with my cell phone even. And it is amazing the difference, the improvement, the little tweaking you can do that's just... You're like, yeah, that does look like better than what I'm... So I'm learning all of that. I happen to find it to be extremely stimulating and extremely satisfying. And currently my Amazon cart, which is also open here in tab. Let me just look. It's got 14 more items in it. And the total goes up and down because I talk myself out of buying things now. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, that's more than a car payment would have been. So currently there are 14 items. Um, totaling $300. So it probably won't end up being that, all of those things. But I want to get the fundamentals. Practice, practice, practice. So the moral here is camp- photography is expensive. Photography is expensive. <laughs> it depends on the kind of photography. Now, I will be very honest and say I've taken pictures with my phone that, because I do believe in the art side of it more than the technical side. And just my smartphone or my little Samsung that you gave me takes amazing pictures. Truly amazing pictures. When you set up everything the way you want it. Like, you know, you get this, all that artsy-fartsy stuff. So, I just think it sounds really expensive, but it's worth it to me so far. That sounds sort of elitist to say, well, I've spent what, $600 on a thing? Well, not yet. Not that much total, but... It's actually nothing because some of those cameras cost four grand. Well, it's a lie because I wouldn't have bought a four grand camera. I wouldn't have that kind of money. So this is like only because my car's paid off can I pursue this hobby, shall we say? But I also think that if I get good at it, I can do people's senior pictures. I could do another wedding if I do a good job. And now and you've got a, with it. a really amazing uh, DSLR. You can become a YouTuber. I'm not going to be a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to happen because where, where does that fall on the pretentious major? Let me look to say <laughs> in a party. Oh, yes, I'm a YouTuber. Oh, yes, I'm a whatever. What? I do twiddle, tweedle, what it's called, tweaky. I uh, chew. Twister. What do you do for a living? I chew. I'm a YouTuber. I'm a vlogger. I'm a blogger. I don't even tell people I do a podcast unless it really comes into the conversation how much I like movies and that this is a result of that because I think it sounds obnoxious. But Talking of movies, um, there was a trailer that dropped this week for... Oh, don't say dropped. ...a movie called... Where's the pretentious meter? (laughs) (laughs) A movie called Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, The full trailer came out this week. Who's that? Solo. We also watched other movies in this last week. This is not... This is changing the subject, though. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> what other movie did we watch? We watched The Blade Runners. Yeah, last week, because we reviewed them. Oh, that's right. 
Sid Talk uh, is going crazy. I'm behind. <laughs> Losing a mind. They'll blend together. Yeah, we uh, we also watched them. Yes, we did a. Yes, hour, we, did. we talked about them for an hour. And Got a half. it. Yes. All right. So the movie trailer that came out this week was Solo, a Star Wars story. It's now got a date for release. Anything Star Wars, I'm obviously there. Memorial Day. So we don't have to wait till Christmas for a new Star Wars movie. It's not very long off. Uh, what did you think of the trailer for Solo, Sid Talk? Looks all right. Looks. Uh, are you interested in Han Solo's story? Um, I I will watch it because I don't feel that I'm going to have a choice when no it, choice. the time comes. <laughs> but I'm not you. I don't need more of anything that I like necessarily. Um, I'm okay to let things go and let things just be what they are. I don't need sequels to Wizard of Oz or Midnight Run or True Romance. I don't need my movies and the people that I love in them to go on for 50 years in new or old versions of themselves. However, Chewbacca is my favorite character. So if I'm going to see a little bit about his history... I can live without it, but I'll I'll watch it, and it'll, if it's good, I'll enjoy it. The last shot of the trailer where Han and and Chewie are stood with the backs to Audra, and Chewie just puts his little hand on Han's shoulder. <laughs> it's very touching. I find it touching. <laughs> um, you see, uh, you see a young Lando. You see Han Solo's uh, love interest, who's played by Amelia Clark, the mother of dragons from uh, Game of Thrones, and um, you see. Uh, the character who Woody Harrelson plays seems like he might be kind of like a Yoda character, like a, a mentor to Han. And uh, you also see Han trying to apply for a job. <laughs> I really like that part of the trailer where he's applying for a job and the guy uh, it, to work for the Empire. And the, the guy <laughs> behind the desk is asking him the questions about, so why, why do you want to work for the Empire? Just like some guy doing a job interview. And I love those little peeks into like the normal parts of how the Empire works because the Empire just doesn't become this big evil thing. Yeah, it's a bureaucracy. It has to recruit people. It has to kind of brainwash everybody. It has to. But this this guy just doing this little job interview with Han Solo because, as we remember, Han Solo, while he's our cool good guy that we all know and love, he was a bit of a shyster as well and didn't really mind which side that he uh, took. So long as it made him some money. So why are we also mad at Landau Calrissian then? Because he does the same thing. Yeah, he does. But he, but he double crosses a friend. I've been he, he goes, he goes overboard. Don't double cross your friends. Hmm. So um, yeah, solo Memorial Day. We will be seeing it. So what's for dinner tonight, and why am I, am I asking you this? Because we're vegetarian, be... and we've been vegetarian for eight years, and I think it's interesting to tell people that you can survive without eating dead animals. Are you a robot? I am not a robot. That's what happens when you eat only vegetation. The robots. We don't eat just vegetation. We do eat milk and eggs, so we are what is called the lacto-ovo. Lacto-ovo, which means you... You'll still do partake of some dairy products and of eggs. We are not doing it because we're animal activists or anything like that. It just happened because of health. And then I've never, ever, ever felt the need to eat another bite of meat. Have you? Never. No. It's just uh, for how no long reason. Has it been? Uh, ten years. Yeah, I've, I almost. No, we, yeah, we, we have not eaten a slice, a bite, or anything <laughs> of meat in that whole ten years. So. I will say, my nephew made soup for me one Christmas. He was very proud of himself because he made me some cauliflower soup. 
And after I ate a half a bowl, then he said what was in it, and there was chicken broth in it. And so I, I only ate a couple more bites, and he didn't see me leave the rest. But chicken broth is pretty much, you know, like after having cooked the meat of the chicken. Now, that being said, people go, well, hypocrite, you still eat eggs and you still drink milk. That's true. I can't argue with that. So what we tell you is that every week we do eat a particular thing. And also, we're not like your skinny, run-on-the-treadmill kind of a guy. I'm a rotund kind of a lady. I love my carbohydrates and my sugar and my bread and my potatoes. So not eating veggie to not eating meat hasn't made me like skinny uh, in any way, shape, or form. Just so you know. Some things... <laughs> can't solve. <laughs> it's probably not meat that makes people fat. It's donuts and bread. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat donuts. Well, you know what I mean. Cake, bread. Uh, those I don't eat a lot of cake, but I like my carbohydrates. Like I said, I like my sugars, and sugars are carbohydrates. I th- I think bread, if, potatoes. I think a person who just ate meat and that was it wouldn't be obese, would they? Probably not. Because it's just protein. It's not. There's and not fat, a lot there to but get fat's fat. fat's not, yeah. So our supper tonight will be corn, which is a brand, nuggets. So they're like chicken nuggets, but they're it's mushroom protein instead, and they're very delicious. And a noodle bowl, which is just add water, because I don't really feel like cooking much tonight. Faux. Uh, I don't know what yours is going to be. I think it's faux. Yeah, because last night you ate the peanut one. Yes. Tonight. It's not faux, it's pho. 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 But it's not like, it doesn't make it or anything. It's just a bowl and you add hot water. And yeah, it's it. by Annie somebody. Annie Chung. Correct. Yeah. I like them. I think they're really substantial. And I love noodles, like I said, carbohydrates. So that's what we're having. Oh, you, you know, I've just had a thought. You could make the noodle bowl and then put an egg on top. True. And the runny egg could go into the noodles. <laughs> and then it tastes really good. That's what they do with pho. Pho. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you want then? An egg on there? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> so what is your advice before we leave? My advice, and I may have given this before, but I don't know if it's advice, but it's an observation. I am the type of friend who is not up in your business. I do not call you every day. I don't text you every day, necessarily. I've not been around from my friends' children being raised constantly, you know, every drama, every trauma, every day, first day of school and whatnot. I live far enough away in like three hours and I've lived as far away as California and Florida. So I've never been right up in there with my best friends. And I've had best friends since I was 12 years old and I'm 50. So I'm doing something right. And I think that, for example, my best friend's daughter texting me and saying, Sid, because they all call me Sid, you don't, but most people do. Would you please be take my wedding pictures for me? Now, this is because I have a bond with their children, not because I'm with them all the time, but because when something big has happened, you know, one friend had a daughter who was dealing with drugs and her boyfriend was going to rehab and my friend called me to go with her the day she needed to go do something about it. And I go, you know, when my other friend was in a car accident, broke her neck, broke her back. I went and I sent her a note every single day, which she remembers to this day. I actually hand wrote a note every day and mailed it to her in the mail mail uh, while she was recovering and was the first one to go to the hospital of her friends and just stayed with her for like two days, even though she was still all bloodied up and she had that halo thing screwed on her head and it was a very difficult thing. And I was just like, talking of uh, injuries, explain your mother. Oh, my mother. Oh my God. Now this is what brings this up because my friend today who I, who had broke her neck. She survived, by the way. Um, 
I posted a thing about my mother and this friend reminded me of sending her these things and that I'm a good friend. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm always from a distance. But I think that being a friend from a distance can be good perspective. My mother last, my mother is 76 years old, right? She lives in Mexico in the winter. Last Friday, no, Friday before last, because this is Saturday, so not yesterday, but the last Friday. uh, Well, I learned about this on Wednesday. Keep in mind, six days after this happened, she fell on a tile floor hit her head, fractured her pelvis, hit her head hard enough to pass out, had to go to the hospital, couldn't walk, still isn't walking, by the way, Um, had to have a neuro... uh, head doctor look at her, had CAT scan, MRI, figured out she had the cracked pelvis, all that stuff, and that she had been laid up for the six days before she sent my siblings and myself, I have three siblings, older than myself, a big long note telling us, don't worry about me, she's very independent, And so I did a post that said, if you have a smartphone, my mother is convalescing now on a couch in Mexico because she can't travel or anything yet. She can't get up. Um, And I posted a a funny picture of myself and what I've been doing. And if you could post pictures of what you're doing, because this is what she's doing for the next few weeks is being on Facebook. And my friend was like, oh, my God, you're so awesome to care about your mother like that. And I'm like, who wouldn't, right? And if I could pluck the pain out of my friends and family, I would. But I can't. And I think a lot of people try to overcompensate for that reality by being too much, you know, suffocating. Like you're a, like you're just, you give too much to it. And in the end, if you pay attention to every drama and everything that happens, you've, what you do isn't as meaningful to me. You know, and I, I, I apply that to my friends and myself. They will only intervene or check in on me if they know something is really going on. Otherwise, we just live our lives, you know? So I think friendship from a distance, for me, has been the best way to maintain my best hardcore relationships uh, in my life. I mean, I'm married to you and you're sitting, you're right here in this house all the time. But other than that, (laughs) most of my, all of my best friendships are far away. And maybe you struggle with that, like... Like your friends want you around all the time and you're like, yeah, but I just like to be over here. And then you kind of feel guilty. You don't feel guilty. Maybe you're the best friend because you only want to intervene when you they need you. So, and let them live their life. I would like to say uh, visit our website, ascully.com. You can also visit Twitter and Facebook and find us both there, ascully and SidTalk. You can catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed directly on the page, aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can listen to the show on the page. Or if you have an Amazon device, you can say your trigger word, which I won't say because it'll send all your devices crazy. But say your trigger word and then say, listen to After the Show movie podcast on TuneIn. And it will play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidDoc. Really I'm a, I'm a long distance friend. Yes. <laughs> And uh, I want to say, um, stay classy, Mr. Jacob Tremblay, who is the kid in this film. Okay. I'm really looking forward to uh, him growing up and being a movie star. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. An adult movie star. Okay. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, something.